When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to the Big Ten Preview and Projection Show. I am Luke Yardy, joined by Anthony Broom for Mesa Brew Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Taking a look at all 14 Big Ten teams ahead of the kickoff to the 2021 college football season. This being our ninth episode as we take a look at the Iowa Hawkeyes, full disclosure, uh, we've been doing them in order as fans have ranked uh, the Big Ten teams. Now, this would be the spot that we would take a look at the Michigan Wolverines, obviously us being amazing brew. Uh, we are going to take a look at them last. So we're going to jump Michigan and take a look at the Iowa Hawkeyes here in this episode after our last episode, taking a look at the Northwestern Wildcats staying in the big 10 West here, this Hawkeyes team six and two a year ago, they lost the first two games of the season at Purdue and to Northwestern and then turned around and they were incredible. Michigan uh, did not play them. That was one of the games I canceled. It would have been a bloodbath. I, I think Anthony and I will agree on that one. Probably would not have been well for the Wolverines. Uh, but this this Iowa Hawkeyes team, you know, turned in a lot of heads last year and a lot of optimism going into this year. Yes, and a brief housekeeping thing. You actually have that flip-flopped. Uh, Iowa, Iowa is six. That's where people voted them. Michigan actually would have been fifth. But the point remains the same. Oh, did I? Oh. Yep. We're good, though. That's fine. Um, they had Michigan ranked ahead of Iowa? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, so, they did. Wow, I read that wrong. Yeah, that's all right. Hey. <laughs> wow. We're doing wow. it live. Who cares? I'm not wow. I guess. I guess my brain just didn't allow me to. So I guess you're taking that. under on the Wolverines then, yeah. is what you're saying. I don't know. They're in, the, they're in a whole other division. You know, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a look at that. We'll now. be doing – so – Yes, we'll be doing the Michigan episode last, and we'll it'll be a little lo- longer than these you know twenty to twenty five minute shows have been. So we're looking forward to that. We want to give them the we are a Michigan podcast, a Michigan website after all. So we want to give them the spotlight they deserve. But on to Iowa now, and this is a team where, again, similar to the last team we talked about, you can pretty much count them in the Big Ten West race every year. A team that's going to win anywhere from seven to 10 games, depending on how the schedule breaks out, depending on the quarterback play they've had. It's kind of crazy to think that this team actually hasn't been a little bit better considering you had guys like TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant on the roster at the exact same time. You've had some talented guys on both sides of the ball. Sent a lot of guys to the NFL, but you know, they are, they are what they are. They're a team that's going to win eight or nine games. They're going to get to Indy every once in a while. 
Michigan fans would kill for that, honestly. And, and Kinnick Stadium is a nightmare. And if Michigan would have played there last year, I think it may have been the ugliest game of the season, especially how with how Iowa ended the year. They go 0-2. They rattle off wins in their last six games. 49-7 over Michigan State. 35-7 at Minnesota. 41-21 at Penn State. 26-20 at Nebraska. 35-21 at Illinois. And then they blow out Wisconsin the last week of the year. 28 to seven. How did they blow everyone else out in that win streak except for Nebraska? Scott Frost, their squad just came out. Football is a weird game, man. Football is just weird sometimes. (laughs) That's how it goes. What is that? Is that a rivalry? Is that is that technically a rivalry game? I wonder. I mean, what the the corn battle or or what? (laughs) The corn battle, the the flat farmland battle. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. This is uh, Kurt Ferentz's twenty third year. At Iowa, so we talk about, talk about consistency in college football. I mean, that's, I mean, he's he survived pretty much everything, including almost being canceled like an off season or two ago with the culture stuff that was going on. And that, yeah. what was the strength and conditioning coach's name? Chris Doyle, the guy who Urban Meyer hired. Yes. Urban, yeah, Urban hired him at Jacksonville, and then he was pretty much forced to retire immediately. Yeah, so. There's been some stuff that's been worked out there, but despite that, that program has never really like cratered from any of how that. do you sir how do you survive twenty three straight years as a college football coach in today's climate, man? That is unless you're like Nick Saban, you know, you're just winning a bunch of national championships. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean I got nothing for you. And I said that they will go to Indy every once in a while. They've only been to Indy once. The undefeated year, right? When they lost to Michigan State. They lost to Michigan State. Winner of that game was going to go to the college football playoff. And that was the, what was that? What was the Michigan State running back? Uh, they ran like a 19 play drive to seal yeah, the game. Oh, yeah. was that LJ Scott? That was LJ Scott. Yes, it was. Okay. But since then, I mean, 12 and 2 in 2015. It's interesting to kind of do these from the perspective of what have these programs done since Jim Harbaugh arrived at Michigan. So 12 and 2 in 2015. Eight and five, eight and five, nine and four, ten and three, six and two. So a pretty one and nineteen the last five years, man. I mean, they've been on a bit of a roll. It's about as consistent as it gets. I mean, they've been second or third in the West every year since going to Indy. You know, before, I mean, we talked about Northwestern as a program who would have a good year, then have a down year. Like Iowa was kind of famous for that for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, go they had a nice little streak from 2002 to 2004, 11 wins, 10 wins. 10 wins, but then they went six and five, six and seven, six and six. And you come back with nine and four, 11 and two, eight and five. It's pretty, if Michigan had won, well, we're seeing this play out now. If Michigan had gone a couple seasons without winning 10 games, like fans would be going nuts, which they are now in Michigan fan land. But Iowa, it's like, ha, hey, we're along for the ride. Go, go Hawks and all that such. So they also consistently beat their rival Iowa state. So that, might keep people in check as well. So mm-hmm. been a pretty good run of success for them. Yeah. Particularly the last three years it has been good, which I think we can kind of use to project this team here because 14 returning starters, seven on offense, seven on defense. Uh, they got a couple of uh, big departures. Amir Smith, Marset, uh, he went to the Vikings, had 345 yards and four touchdowns and linebacker, Nick Neiman. He was a six round pick of the chargers, led the team in tackles with 77, but when we look at who's coming back 
for Iowa, you get your quarterback back in Spencer Petras. 57% completion percentage through for over 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. Tyler Goodson, 5.3 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, first team all Big Ten. Center, Tyler Linderbaum, second team All-American last year. You get Jack Corner coming back. He was second team all Big Ten. And you add a freshman receiver in uh, Keegan Johnson, who was a four-star recruit. Like, there's there's some talent on this Hawkeye team, Anthony. There is some talent there. And not only is there talent, but this is a program that consistently finds ways to, you know, it's outside of, you know, all jokes about going to Indianapolis aside. Like, they do a really nice job of, grabbing those low four-star, high three-star guys and turning them into NFL players. And they've recruited schools like, um, you know, schools or, or areas like Detroit pretty well in the past. You know, you yeah. think of the guys like Desmond King, and there are a couple that uh, escaped me off the top of my head. But pretty consistent, eight, nine wins a year, recruiting, you know, you hit pretty well. They recruit extremely well in-state. I mean, despite what Iowa State has done to kind of chip into that, they take care of business at home. They get guys from Illinois, Minnesota, you know, in that, you know, and they recruit their area well and they develop those guys too. So like I said, there, there's talent there. They've got a nice little mixture of, of guys coming back. I'm not, I'll say I'm not super crazy about Spencer Petras. I think in terms of Iowa quarterbacks of the last five to 10 years, he's, probably a little bit lower ranked on that list, at least for me personally, but Tyler Goodson. I I just think, I just think getting your, your quarterback back when you have a lot of talent surrounding you, I think is a big thing, you know, just, just from a chemistry standpoint and the spring and fall camps, I just think, you know, it, it, it tends to be a little smoother, you know? Yeah, it is. And they don't ask Iowa quarterbacks to do a whole lot. You know, this isn't uh, oh uh, Drew Tate. You know, right? Yeah, that's uh, and it helps when you have a guy like Tyler Linderblum, who some people will tell you is maybe one of the two or three best centers in college football, if not the best center. Mm-hmm. And for a team and a program, like it's amazing the you know the Big Ten has the reputation of being the you know the rough and tumble bar fight conference with thirteen to ten games, and it's funny that a lot of those. A lot of those programs out out west, like your Wisconsin's, your Iowa's, your what we think Minnesota wants to be this year, your Northwesterns, they all kind of want to be this ground and pound team. And when you have a guy like that anchoring your offensive line, and you have a good back in Tyler Goodson, who I believe was first team All Big Ten. I don't don't quote me on that, but you know it's uh, it's a nice group to have. And then when you're able to run the football again, all you have to do is. You don't have to be a superstar. You just have to be efficient. You have to get the the ball to to your playmakers. And and like I said, it's it's kind of crazy to think that they've had some of these like these first round playmakers like a Hawkinson, like Noah Fant, and they yeah. haven't done a little bit more with that because those are by all accounts mismatched guys in a conference that I don't know has a ton of speed, like especially in the Big Ten West. I don't know if there are linebackers and safeties that could have necessarily covered those guys a ton, but you know, they, Iowa has a style at plays. You fall in line with that. And you know, if you do, there's a good chance you're going to win nine games, eight games, and you might play for a big 10 title at some point. So it's really, it's a, they've got a, a good little thing going here. Like I said, yeah, they were yeah. 97th in passing last year in the country. Not crazy about that scoring 40th. That's, 
middle of the road, essentially. They were actually second in scoring in the Big Ten, which is interesting. Uh, 58th in rushing. That was puts them at sixth in the Big Ten and 87th in total offense nationally, which put them at eighth in the Big Ten. It's pretty crazy to see them at the middle of the road in terms of total offense in, in the Big Ten. But they had, what, a couple games when they scored over 40 points and a couple others where they scored over 30. So, I don't know. Football is weird. They never, about you. They never scored less than 20. You know, we see that sometimes in the Big Ten. You never know. It gets a little weird out in the Big Ten West sometimes. But this is another one of those. This is kind of like, you know, similar to what we talked about in the last episode with Pat Fitzgerald. They're just they're going to play, you know, mediocre offense, but they're, they're going to try and win the field position battle. They're going to try and win the turnover battle. And that's how they win games. I mean, you look at. Let's see here. Back to 2014. Last year, plus nine turnover differential. 2019, plus nine. 2018, plus nine. 2017, plus seven. 2016, plus six. 2015, plus 11. All that in turnover differential. They create turnovers, and I think they're going to be able to do that again this year. They, they got some studs on the defensive side on all three levels, and their their offense is going to be – it's going to be what it is. I think it's going to be a little bit better than it was last year, you know, because of that offensive line. And, you know, Spencer Petros maybe – you know, commanding it a little bit better. Hopefully they're a little bit better on the run. You know, if you are an Iowa fan, better than 58th in the country, which I mean, I, I guess is, is what top third, almost 140 ish FBS team, something like that. 130, uh, 135. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So what what I mean, constitutes an FBS team is Kansas technically an F. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're close. You're, you're at least top half, you know what I'm saying? Which is it's serviceable when you have the sixth scoring defense in the country, like they had and eighth total defense in the country. And I think there was seven returning starters and some absolute studs. I, you know, I think they can be that again here this year. Yeah. And this is, we talk about the big 10 being their teams being extremely on brand with the style of football they play. You take a look at the five factors, which is, you know, field position, efficiency, explosiveness, finishing drives, and turnover margin. We'll just look at the field position stat. So this is field position of the five, you know, the five factors metrics is the average starting field position by yard line. So on offense, they ranked ninth in the country. They start their drives at the 33-yard line. Defensively, they were 20th in the country. Their opponents were starting their drives at the 20, basically the 27-yard line. So mm-hmm. they're good on special teams too. They're going to flip the field on you. They're going to punt. <laughs> They'll punt from the 40 yard line instead of kicking a field goal. That's how these teams win games too. You win the field position battle. You're able to run the football. You're able to just be, um, you know, they were the top ranked defense in the country in terms of limited, limiting the explosiveness of their, of their opponents. So like I said, you, you don't give up big plays you don't necessarily have any big plays offensively, but you don't give up big plays and you're able to flip the field. You're able to get off the field and you're able to, again, we talked, we've talked about turnover margin a lot and you've said how it doesn't carry over year to year. Last year's team it does for them somehow six nationally second in the big 10, they were plus nine on the year. So they just do all the little things, right? And that's, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a sign of a well-coached team. Now I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Something that could be a byproduct because we've talked about how Iowa has always had one of the best player development programs. And we're not, 
I want to say, I want to preface this by saying this isn't Chris Doyle, their strength and conditioning guy being gone. I think prior to last off or last, the last football season, like that was the right move to make because you can't, that's a culture thing. You gotta, you gotta get guys like that out of the program. But with a guy like that gone, who we can objectively, there are a lot of, there are a lot of shitty people that are really good at their jobs. I'm really interested in seeing how their defensive line, really their lines on both sides of the ball um, are able to develop physically, because I think that's a big, that that's, that's where Iowa wins football games is in the trenches. It sounds so cliche to say, but when you take that variable out of the mix and and like I said, Iowa is so strong and so stable as a program, you could probably just plug someone in there that falls in line to the things they were maybe doing before. But that is something to keep an eye on when you look at, you know, this team is going to swing sink or swim based on what their lines do on both sides of the ball. To your point, they lost their top two sack getters in uh, Chauncey Golson and and Davion Nixon. Both had five and a half sacks last year, uh, led the team in that category. But uh, player development, man, two years ago, um, why am I blanking on his name? He was all Big Ten, drafted second or third round, maybe defensive end. Oh, God. I'm uh, I'm, I'm blanking so hard. With the Bills, right? Yes. Um, Yes. Oh, my God. I'm losing it. I can't. I can't let this show go on without figuring it out. So we're going to do this live here. AJ Epinesa. Oh my God. Yes. Epinesa. Thank you. I, oh, I knew it was, Oh, Oh, I was losing it for a second there. God, yes. AJ Epinesa, but, but yeah, you lose him, you come back and you have a pretty stout defensive line, you know, with some guys that step up, they do run a, a really good player development program there. And, you know, it's one of those things that they they kind of have to do because they're never, you know, going to be a top 10 recruiting class in the country, at least, you know, not lately, I don't think. But yeah, it, it it's just you got to do what you got to do with college football. And they have a they have something working in Iowa. So who's going to, you know, step up for them? They've got some returning guys that, you know, have, have had sacks. Zach Van Valkenberg, he had three. That and is a half such an year. Iowa football name. <laughs> Van Valkenberg. Van Valkenberg. He's coming after your quarterbacks. Yeah, he started all eight games last year. Four fumbles recovered, eight and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. We haven't talked about this guy yet. Or I think we have, maybe. Have we talked about Tyler Goodson? Um, I I, well, I, I mentioned him in returning starter, seven touchdowns, first team all big ten last year. Yeah, so I mean, that's what they have. He's he's gonna be he's <laughs> gonna be good, you know. Like he averaged five point three yards per carry. They're gonna run the football. They're gonna play solid defense, just like lit. I feel like I'm just echoing myself from the Northwestern episode, but this is just how the Big Ten West wins football games, man. That's how they do it. Uh, and Phil Parker runs a probably great. Do the same thing defense. when we have the Wisconsin episode. Yeah, honestly, we probably should just speak a little more in general and just. It's, we think that <laughs> Wisconsin does a really good job running the football and stopping the run. We think that Iowa is going to play field position and force turnovers and just copy them through all the episodes. I could see that happening, but let's get into the schedule here. So, so Phil Steele has this ranked as the number 18 most difficult schedule in the country, but man, I, for some reason, I find it kind of favorable uh, to be honest with you, Anthony, we'll we'll get into it here outside of the the first two games going to be pretty tough. Well, take us through it. Well, they're home to Indiana. 
who, by the way, sneak preview, we're going to be uh, our next show as we take a look at that one. Iowa, though, they do get them at home. That's where I think this is kind of favorable is you're playing a lot of good teams here this year, but you get Indiana at home. You get Penn State at home. I think that's huge. You got to go on the road to Wisconsin, on the road to Northwestern, but home to Minnesota. They're they're favorable in who they get at home here this year, kicking off with that first week against Indiana, which is going to be a lot of eyes on that game in the Big Ten in week one. Yeah, that's, again, one of those early on Big Ten pecking order games. It's, it's going to be at Kinnick. Is Michael Penix healthy? Is Indiana what we think they'll be? Like, there are scenarios in play where – you come out, you lose that game the first week of the year, then you're going to Iowa State. And Iowa has dominated that series as of late. But I really do think that there is a chance that Iowa State wins the Big 12, what's left of the Big 12 this year. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are still there. But wins the Big 12, potentially goes to the playoff. I could see that happening, which would be a fever dream for Michigan fans that are hoping that Matt Campbell is your next head coach eventually. But then you play Kent State. At home, Colorado State, you go to Maryland, home against Penn State, home against Purdue, at Wisconsin, at Northwestern, Minnesota at home, Illinois at home, at Nebraska. I I don't I don't see this as a, as a super favorable schedule for them. If they drop that first game of the year, I don't but again, they the, dropped the, they, they lost the, the first part two is is they just lost. getting Indiana and Penn State at home. You know, because it could be a lot worse, I feel like. Yeah, and your third crossover game is at Maryland, which we've, we're have we both on the same page of we right. think the team is super overrated. So it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, I could say there's a chance they lose those first two games, but they did the same thing last year and then rattled off six in a row. So when you look at how that schedule breaks down for them, you know, it, I'm going to be interested in seeing which of these Kinnick games are night games. Probably, like your candidates are probably what? Penn State. They're having Penn State at night. I have no doubt State? about that in my life. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. October 9th will be a night night game. Yeah, we'll see. Um are they big... are did the Big Ten does the Big Ten still have the rule where you can't have November night games? Is that still a thing? I don't well didn't didn't Michigan play Notre Dame in November at night? Like was that November? Okay. I don't know. They must have lifted that. I, the rules yeah. don't matter. I think it's pretty clear the rules don't matter anymore. Uh, TV rules everything. So true that. Yeah, I, I look at this. We didn't even say what the over under was yet. I think Vegas eight and a half. Vegas has them at eight and a half. Which, I mean, if, if this team is going over eight and a half, they're probably winning the West. I just, I don't see that with this particular group. I, I just think they're missing a little bit offensively and they're not quite as to me, they don't look quite as strong up front on the defensive side of the ball as they've been in the past. So I'm going to take the under with them. I'm bullish on this team, man. I'm really bullish. I'm going over eight and a half here. I think, I think they win that first week against Indiana. I think they beat Kent state, Colorado state. Think they win at Maryland home to Purdue, Illinois, and Nebraska. I think they beat Minnesota and Northwestern, and then they got coin flip games uh, against Wisconsin, Penn State, and Iowa State. They just got to win one of those to get to nine, and I don't know. I I, I like this team uh, quite a bit with, with what they got returning here, so I maybe I'm putting too much stock into how they ended last season, but you are, I like what wrong. they have. Re- you are. You're I, <laughs> I, I'm, for some reason, I'm just I'm bullish on the Hawkeyes this year, and 
Hey, you, you never know with, with, with the Kirk Ferentz team, you know, it can either be a, a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes he, sometimes he underachieves. Like, let's be honest here. You know, he's been known to do it a time or two. That's true. I just think with them to quarterback play, when I look at who else is in the West, I like what Wisconsin has at quarterback better. I like what Minnesota has at quarterback better. And then the rest of the rosters, I think you can kind of, you know, you can kind of take them for what they are. I just like those other teams better in the West this year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't I don't dislike Iowa. I have no no qualms yeah. with them at all. But I think that they're probably an eight and four football team, maybe seven and five. I, I don't see that. I, I just see them level. taking a little bit of a backseat uh, to what else is in the West this year. So Fair enough. That is our Iowa Hawkeyes preview and projection show uh, for Maze Brew Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And Anthony, this is what, uh, number nine? Right. This this nine. was episode nine. Wow. So you could check out our other eight, eight, eight episodes of where Anthony. Well, you can do so by subscribing to Maze and Brew Podcasts on Maze and Brew. Uh, well, they're not on Maze and Brew. They're wherever you get your shows. Maze and Brew puts them out. They're Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Spread the word. Leave a five star review. Give us a good rating. Give us some good feedback. All the other socials are linked in the description below. Join our Discord. We're having some, you know, we're, we're planning on kind of expanding that ahead of the football season. So want you to be part of the conversation over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. And like I said, follow the website wherever you get your social media content. So, and bookmark us too. You know, people still do that. They bookmark, leave tabs, uh, 20 tabs open. Let us be one of those 20 tabs. That would, I'd be honored. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to check out the site. We're going to be doing uh, roundtables every week as we have. And during the football season, those get a lot of fun with the Maze and Brew staff. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Come tell me how wrong I am about the Iowa Hawkeyes this year. We're going to be taking a look at the Indiana Hoosiers in the next episode. Make sure you tune in on the Big Ten previews and projection show. We'll see you then.